Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome back to the weekly podcast with Pastor Stephen. We have him in the room this week once more as we look at Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. And uh, this week, uh, the sermon topic was forms of faith as we look at Romans chapter 10. And we're just continuing. And surprise, surprise, we talk about Jesus again, as always. But uh, Pastor Stephen, you start off in your first point as we look at this text, kind of tearing it apart, looking into it a little bit deeper. Um, You talk about one of the forms of faith as being a false faith. And when you were talking about that, you mentioned, uh, I think you did, it's in my notes, that you mentioned uh, that sometimes we have a counterfeit faith. So I think that's probably a big deal in our culture. So can you expound on that? Can you explain what you, exactly you meant by counterfeit faith? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you've ever had a counterfeit bill, now I've not, I've never had one i think our i think our producer has a family that may you know have a little little operation maybe that's how they that's how they buy their journey shirts Um, you know but uh uh yeah it looks like it uh sounds like it even even smells like it right uh but it's it's not true genuine genuine faith um to, to me that's that's the way i explain and we talked a little bit about this in the message, but that's how I explain all these surveys that you're like, oh my goodness, look, they're like, like 70% of Americans are Christian. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, 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 they're not. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they think that Christianity is some kind of uh, uh family heritage or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've checked the boxes off, right. I've, I've done, I've done these acts, uh, you know, I, I repeated a prayer, uh, I, uh, I've joined a church, I was baptized, all those things. Uh, and so as a result of that, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, I say that I'm a Christian, uh, but the reality is that we, we know that true, true faith comes through a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ. It, those things that we talked about aren't bad things. Those are, those are, those are good things. They just they make they make terrible objects of faith. Um, you know, one of the things that I try to do all the time, and, I, and I'm one of these guys that use the sinner's prayer. And you know, I always find it interesting. Several years ago, uh, at the uh, Southern Baptist Convention in I want to say it was when it was in New Orleans or whatever, someone brought a motion saying that we recommend to all the forty thousand churches that are part of the Southern Baptist Convention that they quit using the sinner's prayer. That uh, it has given uh, people false faith. Yeah, the sinner's prayer, in which the way I responded is, well, number one, you can't tell my church what to do. It's what it, what it means to be a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, the local autonomy right. of the church. We are the ones, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, through the Scriptures, that we are the ones that make our own determination on how we, as a church, are going to. Uh, respond. You can't tell me what I am or ain't gonna or not gonna do. And then number two, 
I mean, the sinner's prayer, the way the way I use it, it's it's not. Hey, put your faith in this prayer. Uh, or I'll even say, hey, this, this is not magical. Right. This is not mystical. Right. I mean, anybody in the world can say anything, and that doesn't make it so. Uh, this prayer is merely you confessing with your mouth yeah. what you've already believed in your heart. Right. And uh, and so uh, I think a lot of times folks will sit there and they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, I've said that I'm a Christian. I right. And I've even had folks, you know, they take the passage of Scripture where it says, you know, hey, you're not really a believer unless you, you know, it. The only way that you could even say that, uh, you know, that Jesus is Savior and Jesus is God is if you are truly a Christian. Well, no, that's just not true. That's just not true at all. Yeah. Uh, That that comes through. um, We know that faith is faith is. Well, it is it is basically the evidence of things unseen, which means I put my trust in Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He is my he is my savior. And Ryan, I think I think the biggest problem is today we have a lot of folks walking around that uh they consider themselves Christian as far as uh maybe they would consider themselves uh a Caucasian or yeah. uh, an African American or an Indian American. I don't maybe Native American that's the word. There you go. Um or something along those lines or uh, left-handed or right-handed or something. Yeah. Like. No, no, it's not that way. It's not that way. You can go through the motions, but if your faith is in the motions, yeah. And it's not that. Hey, I believe that Jesus is alive. No, Jesus is alive, and He's alive in me. He's in me. I have this personal relationship with him. You know, it's just like like somebody who would sit there and say, well, um, yeah, 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 I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. And um, now the only time I read the Bible is, hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, when, when do I? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I go to when church. You, when you tell us to open our Bible. Yeah, I go to church. And then when I get out of church, I throw my Bible in the back seat of my car and then the next sunday i show up at church i grab my bible back out and yeah and i and i and again again i'm not putting my faith in reading scripture but one of the evidences that i am truly in christ is my heart's desire yeah i want to spend time in his word so this this idea of nominal christianity where we're you know christian by name only this idea of counterfeit faith is do you think that is a problem in today's churches like do you think it's addressed enough from the pulpit do you think it's something that uh man should just kind of be called out um among congregations or are you is it just something just to kind of think about and move on yeah i don't uh, you know, I don't know that I can say whether it's addressed uh, the way it should be in churches. Uh, do I believe it's a problem? Well, sure. Sure. I think cultural Christianity yeah. has always been a problem. Uh, it, it all goes back to this whole thing of uh, my salvation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's dependent upon Jesus. But then it's also dependent upon me. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I, I got to be a part of that. We addressed that last week. Yeah. And so uh, a byproduct of that is, okay, uh, how do I know that? Well, we have, because because I've, I've done these things. Again, those things are evidence that you are, but yet it does not replace what salvation is. 
He is Lord of my life. And what he, you know, the simple direction that he gives here is this is, you know, I, I believe, I believe this with my heart. I believe that he indeed is alive with my heart and I confess it with my mouth. And those match up. The false face, the false faith or counterfeit, as you said, faith is when I've made confession, but there's no heart change. Yeah. There's no yeah. life change. I mean, my goodness. Uh, okay, so I'm the same person I was before yeah, I, right. I said, right. oh, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. No, yeah. you're not. It's changed. Yeah. Uh, what I want to do changes. Perfection? Absolutely not. We know. We've addressed that. No way we're going to be perfect as long as we're living in this flesh. But I'm telling you, uh, I want to please Christ with my life. I want to please him with my speech. I want to please him with everything. And when I don't, I'm broken over that. Not because yeah. uh, now I'm no longer in Christ. I'm broken over that because that's not what I want to do. Yeah, I want to please him with this, with the life that he has given me. And I submit that the more or the longer you are in Christ and the more you are patterning your life after his the more consistently you start getting it right yeah, then you yeah, get it wrong real, yeah and um and so you know people that would sit there and say well i've said it with my mouth yeah i walked down there and i prayed that prayer what prayer let's say sinner's prayer yeah again the reason why that dude said hey uh, you know i'm bringing a motion that we outlaw yeah. the sinner's prayer he didn't say it that way but that's the way i took it and i'm like you know what <laughs> first of all i i think that's yeah. stupid number two I, I you know you're really you're wearing a really bad suit is yeah. what i thought yeah. um but that had nothing to do with his motion maybe it did maybe it had something to do with his he motion. had a journey shirt under uh, the suit and no jacket way, no way he had a journey shirt on oh, no okay. way no way a journey fan who knows christ would even bring <laughs> up anything <laughs> as asinine as a statement like that but the um but that's what he was saying yeah. hey the reason why churches shouldn't use that is because it, it 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 leads their people to have a false confidence in the fact that they have repeated words of a prayer but we can extend that all the way across yeah we could extend that to every single thing um lord's supper uh baptism um bible reading uh, singing songs of yeah. praise. I mean, we all the way across everything, uh, good things. But when it, they become the object of my faith, and I, I, uh, I build my salvation, or I build assurance of my salvation upon these actions and deeds, then, man, there's just going to be a lot of folks that, when they do stand before the Lord, they're going to be highly disappointed. Yeah, they're going to be highly disappointed because they think, because they said something with their mouth. And they never submitted heart, and there was a change. Yeah, well, and that, that kind of goes with your your second point, where you know the first point was false faith, you know, as a form of faith. The second one was a, a formative faith, and you use the word um, kind of explaining that as a reluctancy, like a reluctant faith. So, um, and again, I, I kind of chalk this up to like this this whole idea of having this intellectual assent. We may, or people may believe, have this knowledge that there is a God, have this knowledge that there are some spiritual things. But again, there there's been no uh, there's been no heart change. Yeah, almost. And and this is not true clearly, but I almost sit there and look at, you know, we're progressively getting better. We have this false faith. And to me, somebody who's been in church my whole life, 
you know, the whole counterfeit thing, man, it just, oh, it just wears me out because I've seen it over and yeah. over and yeah, over no and over again. Uh, people that would even sit there and say, oh, well, because I attend church, then I am a Christian. Yeah. Well, no, no, it'd be be the same of saying, hey, I go down to the bakery. That makes me a biscuit. No, yeah. I mean, no. Um, you know, I sat down there when my wife got her hair cut the other day. That makes me a beautician. Far from it. Uh, so I, the false faith, I, I think of just as, okay, we can't, the you know, we can't get any lower than that. Well, except no, well, no, I would even say somebody who has yeah. no basis of faith w- would, would be easier to lead to Christ than those who have that yeah. counterfeit faith. Well, right, so go back into the, the sinner's prayer. Uh, now that you mentioned that, like I, I sat with somebody this week um, sharing the gospel with them, and they told me, I don't know how to pray. And I'm like, well, let me let me tell you what we call the sinner's prayer, and here's the steps to it. This is what it is. The prayer is not the one that saves you, but – you know, I got because of that, like they understood what they needed to say. And I just kind of helped them along with that. And so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They 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 had this knowledge that, you know, there is a God because they've come to church. They've heard the messages, but they were having this moment of, you know, true change in their heart. But they just, you know, as a new believer, somebody that hasn't spent a lot of time in church, they don't know the rules. They don't know the terminology. They don't know the vocab that needs to be said. But um, they said, I don't know how to pray. So yeah, well, that formative faith is yeah. okay. All right, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think some of this stuff about yeah. Jesus might be true. Yeah, I'm starting to, uh, I'm tracking with you. I'm walking in this. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, I do, I, I do, I, I believe that. I believe right. that. But again, it's not only belief; it's confession. Yeah, and it's not. I, I even said this Sunday. It's not step one, step two. It 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 happens together. Yeah. Belief brings about confession. Uh, always, I've always been amazed by people who will want to sit there and talk about, uh, you know, their their faith is private. That is a private issue. I don't mm-hmm. I don't discuss my faith. A lot of times you hear that from politicians uh, who almost approach it as, oh my goodness, if I say what my faith is, then automatically it's going to alienate me from people who don't have faith like I have in this particular particular arena but every now and then you'll get a politician that'll come along and here's what they'll say um well no my faith is not private because my faith is my life yeah everything revolves around my faith that is that is a genuine relationship with jesus christ you know it's not like uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. jesus is with me every day but now saturday saturday's my day <laughs> yeah yeah i will yeah jesus jesus knows that i've given him i've given him six of them but saturday's mine so and it's weird because when you look at islam mm. you know it, it, it's like they feel as though, you know, a lot of times you'll see Muslims that will come over to Vegas and all that kind of stuff. And they believe since they are it's it's like they're out of the realm of what, uh, you know, Allah can see. Right, and they right. come and they just do all kinds of debauchery yeah, because yeah. Allah cannot yeah. see see that. And so, you know, when it comes to Yahweh, God, a relationship through Jesus Christ. Basically, we're not saying um, uh, that he gets a part or he gets most. No, it's 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 all. It's all. I don't segment any part of my life, right? And so I have this. 
I have this false faith, but then the formative faith is again. I'm starting to intellectually believe. I'm starting to, I'm starting to uh, agree with that with my mind, but then also with my heart. But but I come to the point. I come to the point where I must have. And if you're if you're hearing on the podcast, we just had a, a huge rainstorm that has come <laughs> over, and uh, the um, in our um, in our um, Unchangeable Truth Studio. <laughs> yes, sir. There is a yes, there sir. is a metal roof, and we yeah. are in the very very top of this building, and so it's going to be hard. Uh, we have one of our interns sitting in with us today. It'll be hard for her not to take a nap as soon as that <laughs> rain starts hitting that tin roof or that metal roof. My grandmother Kyle lived on a farm right along the Tennessee River in West Tennessee. They called it a farm because there was an old barn. Now there was nothing in the barn. The barn was grown up. Animals. I, I never saw an animal in that barn. Uh, you would walk by the outhouses to get to the barn. My dad. They never had. They never had running uh, running water in the house until my dad was grown and gone. Um, wow. And so uh, you'd walk past the outhouses and you would go to the barn and the barn, you would be scared because rattlers would usually be mm. in the barn. Didn't hang out in there very much, but she lived on a farm and she had a tin roof. We're not talking about a metal roof. We're talking about a tin roof. You get in there and it start raining. Oh my goodness, man. There's, there's no better sleep than that. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, so you may hear that on the uh, podcast, but I'll tell you, uh, the uh, the discussion is so rich and it's so thick right. and there's such great, great, uh, um, well, such stretching of minds going on right now that we, we don't want to stop the recording. Uh, but back to what we were talking about with the formative faith, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing, but just saying, yeah, 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 I believe Jesus lived. I believe he died. Yes, yes. I believe, I, I believe he rose from the dead. Yeah, right. I believe he's coming back again. Okay. The demons in hell believe that. Yeah. They believe that. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a, it's about lordship. So confession, belief, yes, belief of heart, confession with mouth. And and I deal a lot with that. Like I deal a lot with with young adults who are in this thing of man. They've got the intellectual ascent part down. They understand, you know that. You know, they very smart biblically. They understand some of the truths of Scripture. They understand, you know, things that are being taught. Um, but it's that that total surrender. Like you, you even ask the question over and over again in the sermon. Like, is Jesus Christ really the Lord of your life? Like, have you made that public, you know, profession? Um, have you made it to where you know you're? or not you made it, but has your heart been radically changed by the Jesus that we serve, not just this this head knowledge? And, well, uh, it's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. It's going to come out of your mouth. That's where we were going, I think, before the uh, rainstorm. Yeah. You know, these guys that will sit there and say, we, or, or, or ladies as well, you know, uh, you know, faith is a private matter. Right. No. No, not faith in Jesus. There's no way to keep it private. Well, and, and you ask, like, what are what are the things that you talk about the most, right? Like, you know, if if it's and you use the illustrations talking about people who are very knowledgeable about hunting or very knowledgeable about their sports team, um, you know, they're going to talk about that. You're going to know what you value by the things that you talk about. And so you ask us the question to kind of make us have this introspective moment of, all right, what what am I talking about the most? Am I talking about 
me or am I talking about the one who saved me? Mm. So thank you for that question. I mean, I thought that was a great question to reflect on. Well, and and, and we go back to what I think is uh, the, the most simple, and Ryan, you and I have spoken about this, the most simple yet profound question uh yeah if you were to die today do you know yeah that heaven would be your home do you know that you would go to heaven um man i would challenge our listeners think about that think about that and if you would say yeah then i would say well why why if you would sit there and say well because i prayed a prayer well that ain't gonna get you to heaven yeah well well, because i go to church again awesome (laughs) but that's not gonna get you into heaven well, because I'm in, uh, I'm in a Christian family. Again, I was raised in a Christian family. Thank God for it at a young yeah. age that my parents started teaching me the gospel of Jesus Christ. But again, that's not going to get you into heaven. You know, if you were to die today, do you know that heaven would be your home? Yes. How? Because Jesus Christ is alive in me. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he has changed me. Yeah. I'm different than I was before Christ. And he is working actively in my life. It's not something that I did 40 years ago. A relationship with Christ. I mean, and, and again, we've done such a horrible job. I'll, I'll throw myself at the top of the heap on it down through the ages of, you know, have you been saved? Have you been saved? Have you been saved? Nothing wrong with the question, but it leads many people to see it as an event versus a lifestyle. Yeah. It's not an event. Yeah. It's not a been there, done that. It is I, I am with Christ, yeah. right? Christ is in me. Right. Um, so, anyway, a little soapbox. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Got More it. than a moment, right? It's, it's, a, it's a true change. And so your third point is, you know, under the forms of faith is that it's a full finishing faith. Like you like he, those three Fs, didn't I you? I do. Yeah, my wife said Sunday there were more F words used in that sermon <laughs> that have been used yeah. probably ever in our church. I mean, every every point, every word in the point starts with F. Yeah, false faith. So, it's like faith. somebody used a thesaurus to do that. <laughs> full finishing Thesaurus.com. Faith. Great <laughs> right. resource. All right. Hey, people, not, but people ask me, and I'll say this: people ask me all the time, "Why do you alliterate, right? Why do you alliterate? Because you remember, you remember yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt. You remember it. I, I, I went to our producer's brother's <laughs> retirement uh, the other day, um, and uh, you know he gets up there, and I can tell you right now what his points were because he alliterated: uh, faith, family, friends, fishing. Boom. Those were his four points. Uh, so that's why I do alliteration, and because the Prince of Pulpiteers, Doctor Adrian Rogers, did it as well. That's right. Uh, so the third point: full finishing faith, um, saying that again. You know, he, Jesus has. This is that point where Jesus has changed my life. Like I know for real, for real that that I have a relationship with Jesus. He is part of my life. He is something that I'm not going to be ashamed about. Um, and then under that, you have these subpoints of uh, public uh, identity, um, or, or publicly identify with Jesus. I'm sorry. You, under under full finishing faith, do we publicly identify with Jesus? 
Um, are we passionately surrendering my life to the role of Jesus? Do we purposefully dedicate my life to pleasing Jesus? So, um, again, just kind of moving in this transition of, hey, it's all about who Jesus is. It's all about what Jesus has done. And, you know, you've got some things under full finishing faith. So. Yeah, full finishing faith. So, again, I have uh, um, I have belief. Right. I have heart belief, right? I believe this. And it's not just like, yeah, I believe this. No, my life has been changed because of what? And we address that because Jesus Christ, the only person to ever live, die, come back from the dead, never to die again, and he is alive. Amen. That changes everything. We call it the resurrection of Christ. That single fact within itself changes everything so i believe that and as a result of my belief in that it changes how i live life it changes how i look at the future it changes how i deal with suffering it changes how i deal with disappointment uh i mean my goodness changes the way i deal with sin i mean uh, changes everything right changes the way I, i see things changes the way i speak changes everything so i have that but then that confession that confession that he talks about in the passage that we were um, that we were addressing, and even even in verse eleven of Romans ten, wherever he's like, wherever he says, "Whoever believes on him will will not be put to shame." That that we are not we ought not be ashamed. We are, if we're truly in Christ, we're not going to be ashamed. It's not going to be like, "Ooh, let me hide this." Oh my goodness, I messed up. I left I, <laughs> I left my ichthus sticker on the back of my car. Oh no, I pulled into work with the ichthus sticker. Oh no, oh no. You know, and you get your little tattoo because everybody knows you can't be a sincere Christian unless you have some kind of Christian tattoo on your body somewhere. And you know, and you're like, "Okay, I had this done this way so they can see the scripture reference, where I can see the scripture reference, but then nobody else can tell it's a scripture." reference efforts and then all of a sudden you turn 40 and you gain 25 pounds and it just explodes and now you have a billboard of scripture (laughs) reference and they're like is that proverbs what what is that what is that no i think that says james i'm not sure i'm not sure what is what does that say there is that a drawing what is that and and so people who have this idea of uh well Oh, wait, do you have one? I do. Oh, my goodness. What does yours say? It's, yours says Jesus and hieroglyphics, No, it's it? Colossians 1.10. Walk where the Lord bear fruit and everything, increasing the knowledge of God. And I got this a long time ago, and it hasn't that. stretched. You well, can but, still read it. Hey, I'll be honest with you. If you had not read it to me, I couldn't read it right now. Um, but that may have more to do with my eyesight. <laughs> More to do with oh my eyesight, my but that's okay. So my next tattoo, Pastor Steven, is going to be really, really big, uh-huh. right on my forearm where everybody can see it, so it go. won't stretch. You okay with that? Absolutely. On, on the on the upside of your forearm. On the upside of my forearm. Yep. You as long as shave, you're okay with that. You have to shave your arms every, that's at least okay. three days. That's fine. Um, or you do it on top yeah. of your bald head. There you go. We heard it on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ryan can get a new yeah, tattoo. I'm not worried about okay. the head thing. Your wife will veto that. That's true. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, let's get back into. Sorry. Um, it's funny. I, so, hey, listen, I just got a text from my 14 year old, right? Here's what he says I want the ultimate pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right there. Yeah. This is a classic. This is going into the vault That's of right. a podcast That's right here. Right. Uh, this will probably be the most listened to podcast. Stay tuned, folks. I promise we're going to get to our stuff. How do I publicly identify with Jesus? How are some ways that I can examine myself, see if I have that true kind of biblical faith that is not a shame that he talks about in verse 11? Believer's baptism. Yeah. Believer's baptism. Not a private act. Not like, hey, you know, I want to get get somebody to baptize me in my bathtub, you know, because this is really, really, really intimate and private and nobody needs to know about it. Well, Well, no. 
Baptism is never meant, baptism is meant to be a point of celebration and yeah. a point of confession. Yeah. One of the things that we do here when we baptize, we, you know, except for that Jeep pastor, um, <laughs> you know, we ask the question, and I've already talked to him. He, yeah. he's, he's got everything settled down. He Good. knows what to do. Good. Um, and, you know, we'll, he'll be on the schedule 2023. 20, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, we ask the question, who is the Lord of your life? You know, and they respond, Jesus. Jesus. And that's such a sweet moment, man. Oh my goodness. Jesus. And I, can I tell you, it's just, pool, it's, it's awesome. And it's awesome. And again, anybody who confesses Jesus, yeah. praise the Lord. That is so awesome. Yeah. But man, you'll, you'll get some folks sometimes and yeah. man, they are just like, like they're, they're beating you to the question. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hurry yeah. up, hurry up, hurry up. And, yeah. you know, and they very yeah. adamantly, yeah. emphatically, yeah. loudly, Jesus. And yeah. usually when that happens, I kind of feel bad for those that are real quiet. Because yeah. usually when that happens, you know, the congregation will uh, just erupt, erupt in, yeah. a, in, in applause. Um, but yeah, man, to be able to publicly stand before people, you're, you're already humbling yourself. You're getting ready to go underwater and you're going to come up and all your hair is going to be messed up and ladies, all your, well, no, they, I guess they have, they have water run, run free makeup now for, you know, stuff like that. Back I, during the days, back during the days know, before, when they did not have run free makeup and Tammy Faye Baker was on TV. <laughs> my goodness, son. Whew. That, that would be, you remember, our producer remembers that he used to watch the PTL club. Um, the, uh, uh, our intern has no idea who Tammy Faye Baker is. Um, she's Googling it she's right She's Googling now. it right now. Uh, be careful doing that, by yeah. the way. Uh, but the, um, yeah, it is a, it is a humbling baptism. Yeah. Is, it's a humbling. I'm in front of everybody. And, uh, but my goodness, here's what it says. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I'm not ashamed. Jesus is my Lord. I, I've surrendered my life to him. I am not ashamed. And he gets great glory through that. Um, and, and I'll say this as well. Here's what it. It also does something for us. It, it, it is confirmation for us. Yeah, he is my Lord. That's right. <laughs> he is my Lord. Uh, because you know, we know the devil The devil loves to come along and say, oh, you know, really, really, you know, that's not who you are. Um, and so believer's baptism is a public, public way to identify with Christ. And one of the things that we mentioned as well, Ryan, is being a part of a local church. Yeah. I'm going to get actively involved in a local church. Again, it just blows my mind. We talked about this in the sermon for those people who will say, you know, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. Don't have that option. <laughs> you don't have that option. No, you're going to love the church because yeah. Jesus loves the church. Yeah. He died for the church, right? He uh, One day he's going to come back and he's going to, he's going to purify the church, right? And so it's very important to him, the church. So it should be important to us. We should be actively involved. I'll sit there, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, not trying to be hateful. I try to do it as compassionately as I know how, even though, even though I, I will get when I'm, when I'm, I don't know, when I'm, when I'm really, really dialed into something, automatically my voice raises a few octaves or we've maybe, seen it. Yeah. And it also will raise volume wise. And sometimes people interpret that as anger. I don't mean it to be anger. Um, passion maybe is the better way to say that. But the uh, for folks who will sit there and say, uh, yeah, 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 man, I'm saved. I'm saved. Love Jesus, everything. But now I don't I don't go to church. It's been years since I've been at church. Yeah. And here's what I'll say. So you're you're a disobedient Christian mm. or you're not saved. Yeah. So, so, so you're telling me you're living out of God's will. Because that's what you're doing. 
That's you, what you're doing. Do you ever get pushback on, you know, saying that that's just legalistic, saying that we have to go to church because we're a believer? Whenever, well, whenever you have that conversation with somebody saying, hey, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's easy. I go over okay. to Hebrews and, you know, where he says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some, as some have grown into the habit of doing. Yeah. Um, continue to gather together until the day of the Lord. I mean, that's an easy one to sit there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're one of those. Okay. What? Legalist. And I say, no, 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 I'm a recovering legalist. Um, still struggle a little bit with some of that legalism, <laughs> but you think this is legalistic church attendance. Oh, I've got some more I yeah, can yeah. really throw yeah. on you right now. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, it. it's like these, I call them the bandwagon fans. It's like people who would be Alabama football fans who have no idea who the coach was before Nick Saban. And I would submit that's most Alabama fans. Now, you've got some true diehard Alabama fans that have stuck with them even through the Mike Shula coaching days, in which, as a Tennessee fan, we call those the golden years. <laughs> uh, DeBose, yeah, DeBose, I mean, he didn't even make it. He didn't even make it, what, one season, two, maybe? Uh, um, the, uh, anyway, so how can you sit there and say, oh yeah, man, 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 I'm, you, me, yeah, my, my whole life I've been a Roll Tide fan. <laughs> Rollover. I'm just and, uh, and you don't even know who the coach was before Saban. Well, that would be, that would be the equivalent of somebody sitting there saying, yeah, man, I love Jesus. Man, I'm dialed into him, give my life to him. But now, uh, I don't, I don't care for the church. I don't go to church. I don't want to be a part of the church. I have no desire. That would be that'd be a big one right there. I have no desire to go to church. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I miss church. My whole life's messed up. Yeah. Not because going yeah. to church saves me, but man, I'm telling you, I love, I love being around brothers and sisters in Christ. I love gathering together and singing praise to his name, man. I just I just love it. So you even go to church on vacation? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, okay, isn't that crazy? That do you is, do? Crazy. is that something you do? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm like you said. I miss it. Like well, I, and, I feel like something's wrong. Like like I, I feel like I've done something wrong. I'm missing out. You know, FOMO, fear of being, fear of missing out. Like I feel like what? What is that called? FOMO. That's that young terminology. That's that terminology. Yeah, that's okay. that young young adult okay, yeah. college. Well, but see, Stuff. but see, here's the deal. We, you know, a lot of times I'll vacation places where there are no churches. Yeah, you know, remote parts of the beach or mountains or something like that, and and and, and we do our own church. Yeah. Uh, now the problem is when people will sit there and say, "Oh, that's all we do in our living room." Yeah. Hey, hey, but there's a church right down the street. Right, right, right. There's there's a church. You don't even have to get in your car. You can walk to. Yeah. You sit there and say, "Oh, I know." And here's what folks will say: "Well, you know, man, church full of nothing but hypocrites." Yeah, right. Come on. We yeah. got room for one more. You be a part of us. We'll welcome you, hypocrite. <laughs> That's right. So, um, but, but the thing is the desire, right? Right. The desire. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of the church. Get involved in church. Utilize the gifts that God's given you in church. Give your resources to the church. Grow in the church. Love each other in the church. Hold each other accountable in the church. Uh, as I tell folks, um, uh, oh, Hey, here we go. And mom wants a thin crust pepperoni pizza. <laughs> All right. We're just keeping it real here in our um, Unchanging True studio. We need to come up with a cooler name than that. 
the unchangeable truth yeah well no that's the podcast oh. name i'm talking about for the studio the studio the studio which which if you don't know it we got stadium a, seating and everything yeah well that's not stadium seating. that's oh. floor seating okay the, uh, sorry we are meeting in a in a closet uh i think we should call it the 2611 studio there you go got it and i gotta find a passage of scripture that will equate to 2611 <laughs> 2611 studio Denny did I mean our producer oh, didn't even know oh, what that is oh, I just let his name slip that's that. terrible oh that. anonymity an, an, I can't even say it anonymity is a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah he'll cut that out and uh, yeah you mentioned it passionately surrender my life to the rule of Jesus Christ my goodness yeah yeah <laughs> Man, my marriage stinks. My marriage is horrible. Oh, what can I do to change my marriage? The best thing, I, I just start off and say this, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, hey, Jesus, you got my marriage. Yeah. I've made a mess of it. Jesus, you got it. Well, I wrote in this, as as you were preaching, I wrote, you know, we, we have to surrender everything, and we can't hold anything back. And um, And I think that's one of those hard things to – get through as a believer sometimes is like we pridefully we don't we don't want to surrender everything we say we do and we're really good at talking that game and even using that language going look i've surrendered everything to jesus but at the end of the day um in in the heart of hearts maybe there's there's some things that we haven't fully surrendered and you know it's just it's hard like we can't hold anything back we have to give everything everything to the to the role of jesus um i just think well, sometimes we forget it yeah well and, and a lot of that is they want just enough jesus to get them to heaven mm, yeah yeah not enough jesus to change where i go on saturday night not enough jesus to change the music i listen to not enough jesus to uh make me love someone of a different skin color um not enough jesus to make me treat my spouse mm. with compassion yeah and, and we could we could spend, we're, i mean we're probably out of time right now but we could spend the rest of this just one statement after the next yeah, the list no, is no, no, long no, that's right no, no no i want jesus to save me yeah don't don't don't, don't change me <laughs> in which you're like okay he can't save you unless he changes you yeah and then the last one purposely dedicate my life to pleasing Jesus. And, you know, you ask us, like, what is our goal? Like, what is our goal in life? And, you know, the the, the churchy answer is, hey, you know, our, our goal should be to live pleasing Jesus. Our goal should be Jesus. And, um, again, just simple questions, but, man, the truth of that on what Scripture is telling us to do is just absolutely profound. Well, and that's a sobering question that yeah. that I was um, I was with a, a kind of a cohort group of pastors several years ago, and there was a uh, a well known senior uh, pastor who, who who was retired, but anyway, he uh, he hit us with that. What's the goal of your life? Um, and you know, you get down to it. You know, if the goal of your life is I'm going to earn enough money so I can retire and take it easy, that's a horrible goal. Yeah. Because here's usually what I hear from most folks when they when they hit that goal. They're like, eh, it really, it really didn't bring with it what I thought it would. Right. 
I mean, I know a lot of people that are retired. They're like, man, I'm bored to death. Yeah. <laughs> what what is what is what is the goal of life? Um. It's all filtered through Jesus, right? Uh, I want it to be pleasing Jesus. That is the goal of my life. And if that is the case, then, you know, you're never going to be disappointed. Yeah. Never, no matter what. Um, so, um, yeah, F- different kinds of faith, forms of faith, yeah. keeping with the alliteration, uh, forms of faith. And two of them will lead you straight to hell. And only one will deliver what we need, which is which is salvation and eternal life. It's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, when we talked about what this meant to the Romans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they had a workers guild. Yeah. We, we, I guess the best way that we could try to understand it today is a. Um, uh, oh, goodness. What What is it? What do they what do they call it when you, you have to be a part of a, a union uh, union? Thank you. A workers union. Uh, and I'm I always get people that are part of unions that just get <laughs> so angry anytime you say anything anti-union. I'm just trying to explain, friend, okay? I'm trying to explain what would happen. Illustration. Yeah, these workers guild, these workers unions, and in order to to keep the job that you had, you had to say, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. And, uh, you know, the Christians came along, and they're like, we can't do that. Now, here's the question I have. How many who profess to be Christians could? Mm. How many who had that false faith? Yeah. They had said it with their mouth, but Christ was not alive inside yeah. of them. Yeah. I, I could, see, I could see. I could see the struggle. Let's say you had a spouse that was truly in Christ and a spouse that was not in Christ, but they had culturally, you know, they had they had they had spoken the words. Can you see the 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 struggle there yeah. with just say it. Yeah. Just go ahead and say it. You gotta have a job. Yeah. If you have your job, we're not gonna be able to eat. Yeah. How will we feed the kids? Just mm. say it. Would you just say it? And, you know, the Christians, those that were in Christ, would say, no, only Jesus is Lord. Only Jesus is Lord. Um, and, you know, somebody might throw the argument out there. Well, I mean, you could say that, but you could still really believe in your heart that right. he's Lord, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of folks today professing something that's not really the case. Wow. And uh, it's going to be a terrible, terrible day when they finally realize I I had faith. Yeah. Just had faith in the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll close it on that. And again, you know, if, if you are listening and you have been a part of uh, you know, just the ministry that Pastor Stephen does here at the church and uh, understanding that it is all about what Jesus does and who he is and how he has radically changed our lives. Just please understand that we are always here to help and always here to answer your questions. And we want you to have that assurance of salvation. We want you to have uh, this Jesus that we so passionately proclaim, um, understanding that it is a true heart change. It is a true life change, not just uh, saying the words, not just acting like you go to church, but just understanding that it's it's all about who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. Um, Asking the question, are you 100% sure? Right? Are you 100% sure? 
um, in your salvation through Jesus. So thank you for listening. We thank you for your time. As always, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your uh, time spending in the word, preaching to us unapologetically the name of Jesus over and over again. So if you're listening, thank you. And we will see you very, very soon next week on the Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk in grace. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.